0: Well, hello everybody, and welcome back to another UK Motor Talk Grand Prix review. Um, we'll be having a little chat this time out about the 2022 Austrian Grand Prix, or is it Steering Grand Prix? No, that was a few years ago. Wasn't it was the Austrian Grand Prix at the uh, the Red Bull Ring, and so it's a, a sprint race weekend. This I, I always find these weekends a little bit odd to have a free practice session, then qualifying, then another practice session, then a sprint race. And then the race afterwards, I always find it hard having a practice session after a a qualifying session. But there we go. Maybe a couple of tweaks to the format needed. I don't know, because when do they enter Park Ferme? I think it's uh, as they roll out of the the pit lane for qualifying, isn't it? So is there much point in a second or a third practice session? If if you've already locked down your spec, I'm, I'm not really sure. Do we need to be having practice sessions before everything? And then maybe Saturday is qualifying in the morning... Sprint race in the afternoon, uh, and then the Grand Prix proper on Sunday or Saturday qualifying and a sprint race in the morning and the race in the afternoon, something like that. Not not quite sure, but as I say, it's, uh, it just seems odd for me to have practice, qualifying, practice, race, etc. Uh, but anyway, um, as we only had that first free practice session, it was uh, it was quite a busy session, free practice one. Uh, Verstappen was looking strong, but uh, Ricardo having. Uh, d r s issues and Norris having uh, issues um well smoke sort of billowing around in his cockpit, so uh, not uh, not an easy practice session and start of the weekend for Mclaren straightened qualifying then i guess didn't didn't really get much better for uh, for Mclaren or well Ricardo in particular uh his tough time continuing uh, as he was out in Q1 and we also lost stroll uh guanujo latifi and vettel um loads and loads and loads of lap times being deleted for uh, for track limits vettel falling foul of this meaning that his uh, his bank lap was the only one that counted and uh, i think he put a time in good enough to get through but um didn't last because of track limits Into Q2, Uh, Lando Norris having brake issues. Uh, I think his uh, his only lap time that he set was 20 seconds off the pace, so just, yeah, miserable session following a miserable first practice session, really, for McLaren. And we also lost Gasly, Albon, Bottas, and Sonoda in Q2. Uh, so into Q3. Well, a, a, a shout out to both Haas drivers for uh, for making Q3. I think we'll have a little chat about uh, about Mick towards the uh, the end of the podcast. Is, uh, there's certainly a few talking points around him this weekend. But Verstappen was setting the early pace, but with five and a half minutes left, we had Hamilton off the road and into the barrier at Turn Seven, brought out the red flags. And uh, but the the watching crowd certainly seemed happy enough to see him off, which uh, I'm not quite sure is correct. But we got going again after. Uh, short delay and uh, I think it was only about three minutes later then uh, Russell was backwards off the road and into the barrier at the last corner so uh, a slightly expensive qualifying session for Mercedes uh, and I think it uh, certainly didn't help for the uh, the rest of the weekend The running out of upgraded and developmental parts that they brought to this weekend I think they had to revert back to some older specification of parts uh, across both cars for the rest of the weekend not the best uh, qualifying session for Mercedes, with those two shunts it was a rather frantic end to the session uh, everybody piling out and trying to find a, a bit of a gap so they can set a decent lap time, but we ended up with Verstappen just pipping Leclerc by 0.029 of a second Sainz was third, only 0.082 off Verstappen so, I mean, it's a, it's a short lap and I, there's only really sort of six corners that properly count on this track but even so, that's a very, very Fine margins. Perez lined up fourth, Russell's original time actually uh, was good enough for fifth. Ocon lines up sixth, Magnussen seventh, Mick Schumacher eighth, Alonso ninth, and Hamilton in tenth. <laughs> So straight into the sprint race. Then uh, everybody started on mediums, apart from Alex Elbon, Lance Stroll, Sebastian Vettel, and Nicholas Latifi. I think if you're that, that much lower down, you might as well uh, you might as well roll the dice a little bit. Slightly uh, chaotic start for Alonso uh, as, uh, as all the uh, mechanics peeled off and away from the cars and uh, the cars were all lined up and ready to go. He was still up on his jacks with his tyre blankets on. They'd been working on an electrical problem so it transpired and simply ran out of time. So it, uh, Although it looks a little, a little bit odd to still be up on the jacks with the tyre blankets on and look like a bit of a rookie error they still hadn't fixed the cars. so there was absolutely no point dropping it down off the jacks or taking the tyre blankets off uh, as he certainly wasn't going anywhere at that stage So he had to take a pit lane start. Then we had Joe's engine uh, conking out on the formation lap. He stopped just short of the grid so he had to have an extra formation lap. And uh, and Joe also um, had to peel in for a pit lane start. But Alonso's problem seemed terminal. Uh, The Alpine crew just uh, pushed him away into the garage having um, just couldn't get him going at all at all, which is a great shame for Alonso. Once we'd finally got going for the uh, for the sprint race, sprint qualifying, whatever we're calling it these days, Verstappen got a great start. Although um, Science got the jump on Leclerc and was uh, was hustling Verstappen all the way into the first corner and out of the first corner. Sainz certainly getting his elbows out early on in the race there. But uh, di- didn't quite come off and uh, didn't quite, just didn't quite position himself well enough. So Leclerc ended up getting past Sainz as well. Contact between Gasly and Hamilton into the first corner. Gasly just pinching Lewis Hamilton and uh, coming off far worse as it happened. But Perez and uh, Vettel had great starts, climbing up five or six places each. And there was, uh, you know, ov- overall it was uh, a fairly sort of action packed start to. Uh, to the race. I think the these sprint races, I think the idea is is always uh, oh, do you remember the last 10 or 15 laps of such and such a race when such and such happened, all the safety car came in and everybody had fresh tires. How good was the end to that race because everybody was close together. I think the the whole aim of a sprint race is that's what Formula 1 and and Liberty want to see is that that 20 or so laps of of action packedness, which doesn't always happen, but in uh, in this particular race I, I thought it was quite quite good with bits and pieces going up all the way, you know all the way up and down the field really. So there was a good scrap between Albon and Norris, Albon running Norris a bit wide out and, uh, and over the sausage curbs, uh, and Albon was duly given a five second penalty for, for forcing Norris off the track. Verstappen was pulling away at the front, uh, but Sainz was harassing Leclerc and, and looking like the fast round of the two, or very racy at that stage. Uh, but Sainz out breaking himself into turn three and then Leclerc was, uh, ran Sainz out of road when, uh, when he tried round the outside so they were certainly getting their elbows out against each other, the two Ferraris um, but good to see and good, good that they were allowed to race really. Perez further back down, beautiful, beautiful move on uh, on Mick Schumacher uh, I think Mick was trying to get past Magnussen at the time uh, and Perez then just managing to uh, to get past Mick and take advantage of that and uh, and then breeze past Kevin Magnussen the lap also late uh, bit of contact further down though Vettel into the gravel trap after uh, after clipping Albon so uh, Albon in you know in the walls a little bit having a good couple of scraps but coming off worse in terms of penalty from his scrap with Norris and um, a bit bruised and battered after the the bump with Vettel but obviously cost Vettel a lot more time as he uh, as he went round and through the gravel trap good scrap between Lewis and Mick Schumacher again we'll uh, summarise uh, mixed weekend at the end of this uh, this little natter. But Ricardo, for much of his uh, previous struggles up until this, uh, well, the last couple of years, really, um, but he'd been uh, very close behind Norris all race and was asking to be um, let past. Uh, In the end, that didn't happen, and they just let them finish as they were. But at least, uh, at least, Ricardo looked a little bit closer to Norris. Although I think Norris was running a a much older, slightly more tired engine this weekend, maybe having one or two brake issues still in the car as well. So I wouldn't read too much into uh, into Ricardo hassling Norris all the way there. After that, we went back to the uh, the Mick Schumacher battle with uh, with Lewis Hamilton. Just a great scrap, but wonderful driving from the pair of them, but particularly from Mick. I thought managing to uh, to defend that, you know, just spot on defending against Hamilton, but using the DRS from Magnussen very very well as he stayed within a second of Magnussen uh, it meant that, that Lewis's straight line pace and his DRS couldn't count for too much on the straights and the, the Haas are very very quick in a straight line but it certainly wasn't the case that uh, that the Haas was a rocket ship and uh, and it was very easy to defend from Lewis Lewis is not easy to race against and Mick I thought just, just drove absolutely superbly but then Magnuson just just pulled out a little bit enough and, and broke the DRS Mick had said on the radio can you uh, stay within a second of me so so I get the DRS, but that that didn't happen for whatever reason. So Hamilton finally getting past on uh, on lap 22 into the hairpin. But out the front, Verstappen was uh, was just serene and untroubled, really, on the way to victory, followed by Leclerc and Sainz with George Russell finishing fourth and Perez fifth. So into the race proper now. Most drivers electing to start on the medium tyres. It was a uh, f- fairly clean start for Verstappen and Leclerc. Sainz and Russell having a, a little scrap with Sainz running very, very wide out of Turn 1. Uh, Perez joining into uh, into that scrap as well until he made contact with Russell, had a spin and, and, and a trip through the gravel trap, so that dropped Perez to dead last. Uh, so he came into the pits at the end of lap 1 for hard tyres. And then Russell getting a 5-second penalty for, uh, for that contact. Contact. I must admit, I, I'm not sure a five-second penalty for that was absolutely correct. If, uh, if I'm being totally honest, I think that one was called wrong. It was, um, in in my view, a racing incident. The, they were alongside each other. Uh, you could see from the onboards that Russell was turning right when you know when the contact was made. It wasn't like he'd run Perez out of road on the left-hand side. opened up the steering too much. I think if Russell had a cranked any more steering lock on, then he'd have uh, he'd have probably understeered into Perez anyway. Yes, at the time Russell was moving towards the left, and and yes, Russell had more room on the right-hand side, but ultimately Perez had room on the left-hand side as well. And it's a it's always a risk when you go round the outside. of of your competitor that he's going to try and run you out of road or or indeed try and take somewhat of a natural racing line through the corner and run as wide as possible on exit. Quite why Perez seemed to be squeezing Russell towards the middle of the track at that stage I don't know if, um, I mean it's all very easy to say from the outside and uh, and with hindsight but I think Perez would have been better off being much further over to the left and, and opening up his exit from the corner as much as possible. I don't really think there's a huge amount Russell could have done to avoid that other than well, drive much, much slower. But this is racing. The the aim of the game is not to drive slowly and carefully, it's to drive quickly and, and reasonably carefully and, and, you know, take as much uh, as much care to avoid an instant if you as as you can. But there does come a point when um when the other person has to say, well, okay if we had a shunt here then it's it's going to be your fault, but actually similarly I can do something to avoid it as well. It's I think it's the equivalent of um not breaking when somebody pulls out in front of you and, and you smash into them. Yes, it's their fault for pulling out in front of you, but you could have hit the brakes. <laughs> Flashed up on the uh, screens as well at about this time was Sonodra and Albon under investigation for uh, for start procedure. Infringements i'm not uh, not quite sure what happened with that I don't think we saw any uh, anything more out of that, but Verstappen had had a uh, sensible lead over the uh, the opening couple of laps, but Leclerc just started closing a little so by about lap nine or so Leclerc had got very very close indeed at this stage I wasn't quite sure if Verstappen was trying to manage his tires and stretch the stint out a bit or if uh, if this was everything that he had and I think it was it Transpired throughout as the race unfolded. That was uh, that was all he had, and the tires were fairly well gone. Leclerc getting past on uh, on lap twelve. It was uh, a bit out of nowhere late-breaking move into Turn 3. I think it caught Verstappen slightly unaware until the the move was actually happening, but a a good move and and passed good, hard but fair racing between Verstappen and Leclerc, uh, as we've seen all season, really. Good respect between the pair of them, but I I don't think Verstappen fought it too hard. I don't think he had the tyres underneath him to actually fight any harder, if I'm being honest. We had Russell then in for uh, in for a pit stop, took on a new front wing and hard tyres and served his penalty as well at that stage, so he dropped all the way towards the back. Verstappen came in uh, a couple of laps later for hard tyres, so it seemed to be quite early and, and quite early to go on to the hard tyres as well. Uh, I think we were thinking a, a bit of a longer stint now on the hard tyres that uh, that didn't transpire at all but Hamilton at this stage uh, suddenly found a little bit of pace I think he'd been managing and bringing in his tyres in a little bit better than most getting past Mick Schumacher and Kevin Magnussen in reasonably short order Verstappen had uh, had a certain pace requirement that he needed to make his early stop work Uh, he was held up for a few corners by Hamilton but uh, no real contest once he got the DRS and, and that kicked in he got past him fairly easily but we'd already had at this stage quite a few warnings for uh, for track limits. Perez actually getting a, a black and white flag at this stage. And reasonably early on into the race to be getting a black and white flag and, and one more, that's a penalty. But Ocon got a reasonable march on to get past Guan Yu Zhou and, uh, and Yuki Tsunoda. And then we were treated to a brilliant five car scrap with uh, Lando Norris, Kevin Magnussen, Lonzo, Mick Schumacher and Guan Yu Zhou all getting involved with each other but amazingly no uh, no contact or no contact of note anything it might have been just the odd tiny touch here or there but to get uh, five modern Formula One cars wide long heavy modern Formula One cars around um, a, uh, an older track such as the uh, the A1 ring or uh, the Red Bull ring whatever you want to call it is uh, it was quite a decent sight to see. So next up we had the uh, the Ferraris both uh, making their pit stops for hard, so they uh, they managed to last uh, quite a bit longer than the Red Bulls uh, in terms of uh, in terms of tyres. Although at the same time, Perez's Red Bull that's uh, that's all he's could manage. Just too much damage from the earlier collision with George Russell. So. Elected to retire his car just as the two Ferraris were coming into pit. Mick Schumacher managing to get past Norris but uh, did squeeze Lando Norris rather badly I thought there. That was a a little bit um, firm rather than fair I dare say. Lewis pitting on lap 29, uh, just got out behind Ocon with a slow stop, looked like it might have compromised his race a little bit at that stage, um, but he got past a lap or so later so I don't think there was too much harm done in the long term, but Leclerc and Sainz were setting a great pace behind Verstappen, lapping around a second a lap quicker than he was at this stage, Leclerc again getting past Verstappen on lap 33 with, uh, with not too much resistance from Verstappen and the first of a few 5 second penalties kicked in for Pierre Gasly at this stage. Mick had uh, been quietly making his way up the order all the way up to uh, to 6th position at this stage and, uh, and another 5 second penalty kicks in for Lando Norris but Verstappen's pace had just dropped off and dropped off and dropped off so we had to stop again for another set of hard tyres and then we had another 5 second penalty uh, this time round for Guan Then we had Vettel off the road at turn four, made um, made contact with Gasly, and well, it was a carbon copy of the Perez-Russell incident. And uh, I think just out of um, precedent, really, Gasly uh, got a, another five-second penalty. So it was uh, penalties all round uh, this weekend, so it would seem. But uh, Verstappen seemed to have found uh, found a bit of pace at this stage, quite a bit faster than the Ferrari. So it was... Um, and it d wasn't quite sure at this stage whether they were they were managing their tyres now or if this was uh, all the pace they had to give. Um, and at this rate, Verstappen looked like he'd, uh, he'd be able to catch and pass them way before the end of the race. So the, the pendulum seeming to swing a little bit back towards Red Bull at this stage. And in fact, I mean, Leclerc's pace had dropped off so much that, uh, that Ocon was able to unlap himself. Shortly after that, Leclerc came in for uh, for another stop for a set of hards. So dropped to third, Sainz followed in a lap later. So Ferrari seemed quite confident in their strategy at this stage and, and not panicking too much, which is, uh, you know, one thing Ferrari can't be accused of in uh, in recent races, is uh, calmness or um, exemplary race strategy. So, but uh, they seemed fairly happy with how everything was unfolding and uh, didn't seem unduly concerned on the pit wall at all. Funny radio message from Russell at this stage asking how they were so slow just as he set his uh, his personal best lap time of the Grand Prix. Uh, always makes me chuckle when uh, when drivers complain about being slowly just as they're going quicker than they've ever gone before. But Lewis came in for his second stop for uh, for medium, so uh, I would think the uh, the aim was for pace at the end of the race rather than, uh, than looking like it was going to make sense that early on. Leclerc, just as Ferrari had seemed relatively serene on the pit wall, Leclerc got past Verstappen. Uh, into the lead so I think that's three overtakes we've had for the lead now on um, lap 53 round for this time round a bit, a bit more of a fight from Verstappen but again not not too much, didn't seem to uh, to fight him that robustly but just as Science was closing in on Verstappen and, and looking like he was going to get past him as well his, uh, his engine went up in smoke in, in quite spectacular fashion it probably blew itself to bits, you could see bits coming out the side of the bodywork and, and everything. Caught fire rather quickly, but, uh, it was, um, one of those, uh, it was just uh, not a nice situation to watch as he, uh, he couldn't get out of the car because it would roll back but suddenly didn't want to stay in the car to keep his foot on the brake pedal because the car was very much on fire at that stage and it's uh, v- very easy to say with hindsight but of course as, uh, as we were all taught when parking up or downhill point your wheels towards or away from the kerb so that if your handbrake lets go then uh, the car will just nudge itself up against the kerb and not go anywhere. Uh, you could have put on full left hand lock before we go out of the car would have just gently nudged into the barrier but again that's uh that's very easy to say from uh, from sat outside the car if uh if you put me in a car and set fire to the car i don't think i would be thinking too much about pointing wheels anywhere i just want to get out of it as well went up fairly significantly and you, you could see how gutted science was for the uh effect on on his championship and his weekend really been driving very well and from winning his first race last time out he you know seemed to be on a crest of um confidence and just building from there and and bang on the pace you know whether he'd been able to challenge leclerc for the win towards the end of the race or not who knows but certainly seemed his uh his confidence was was riding high and that uh you could you could just tell by um by looking at him afterwards how much it, uh, it meant to him that failure uh so we duly had a, a virtual safety car it was um i was Kind of expecting a full safety car, given recovery vehicles on track, etc. But virtual safety car it was. So we had Leclerc and Verstappen both in for medium tyres. Russell working his way up to uh, to fourth, just as we got going again. Great recovery from Russell, given his earlier five-second penalty and, and dropping to last. Not too bad at all. Towards the end, a bit, bit of late race drama, Leclerc reporting uh, throttle issues, saying as I think the the throttle was sticking, not quite all the way down, but 20-30% travel maybe, so having issues changing down and uh, and of course carrying that trailing throttle into a corner will lead to the car pushing on quite a bit. It must be very, very disconcerting to back off and uh, and the throttle stays on. That's... that's Probably the second worst thing I would have thought, along you know, after brake failure, I would think, or maybe fire, of course, as well. But brake failure or a sticky throttle can very easily lead to a fire. So uh, towards the end of the race, Verstappen was able to close a little, but not at a huge rate or not, so Leclerc managed to hang on and duly uh, cross the line one and a half seconds in front of Verstappen. It was Hamilton rounding out the podium in third. Great drive from him. Uh, George Russell in fourth, as, uh, as we've just mentioned. Superb recovery drive from him. Esteban Ocon in fifth. Mick Schumacher, a wonderful sixth. Lando Norris in seventh. Kevin Magnussen in eighth. Ninth was Daniel Ricciardo and tenth. Was Fernando Alonso so um, seventh and ninth for McLaren? Actually, not uh, not a bad weekend, given the way their free practice and, and qualifying session went. Actually, to make it up to a double points finish by the end of the Grand Prix was uh, was uh, was pretty good. Actually, we mentioned we'd speak about Mick at the end of this podcast, and and just a cracking weekend from uh, from Mick round. I, I think. Uh, um, a switch has flipped, or uh, or just just some things happened, some things clicked with Mick, uh, and it all seems to be to be coming together. We've seen this in his junior career a few times it's a, it's a bit of a slow burn he'll have a season a season and a bit to get his his feet under the table get established and, and work out what's going on and then his pace just just improves and improves from there and that that seems to be happening now in Formula One uh, wh- whether it is just uh, um, taking your time learning things etc I mean um, comparisons uh, of course will be drawn to uh, to his dad Michael and although Michael made A very instant very early impression of of being lightning quick having never driven an f1 car and never driven at spa before one thing michael schumacher always did do was put in the work put in the grind the 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 thousands and thousands and thousands of laps around fiorano testing and working and improving and learning you know michael was very much um an analytical, thought-driven driver who would who would take all the information around him, learn it, and, and improve from there. So whether Mick does that over the course of a season, and, and we're now seeing the benefits of that. Although I think, to be fair, having uh, having a teammate like Kevin Magnussen is doing him the world of good. With Nikita Mazepin last year, it was a bit hard to tell, really. I mean, Mick Mick comprehensively beat him, but you'd kind of expect that anyway. But was was that still a second and a half off? The ultimate pace of the car, you know, would if you'd have stuck a Lewis Hamilton, a Fernando Alonso, a Charles Leclerc in in the car next to Massa, would have you know, would the gap have been three, four, five seconds? You know, we'll uh, we'll never know. But certainly, I think uh, having K-Mag in in the car alongside him is teaching Mick a lot, and and it's it's good to see him. Uh, Finally, click, and um, not that two races, two swallows do not a summer make. But he, uh, he certainly seems a lot more relaxed and, and comfortable in the car and in the environment. So, I think his uh, his results can only improve from here. A couple of other talking points from the weekend: we had some uh, some post race dramas. Uh, Leclerc, Hamilton, and Verstappen all summoned to the uh, the stewards for alleged breaches of Park Ferme rules. Uh, and of course, when you uh, when you see alleged breaches of Rules like that you, you do kind of naturally jump to the conclusion that potential disqualifications are on the way which would have, um, well if, if they'd have all been excluded that would have given George Russell his first win and, and Mick Schumacher his first podium so it would have been a, a very weird set of uh, set of results. But it was uh, this was to do with uh, physios getting involved and touching the drivers and giving them bits and pieces and and looking after them. The FIA have previously warned teams, and uh, and it was a monetary fine this time round. So we may well be looking at disqualification next time. But yeah, I mean the Park Firm rules are very clear. The driver has to get out of the car do X, Y and Z, put the steering wheel back in and uh, and go and get weighed straight away so that the FIA have got the result of um, the weight of the driver and the weight of the car which they weigh in scrutineering after the race and they add the two together and make sure that everything's correct. So if uh, if you've got physios giving them bottles of water and hats and watches and this, that and the other then, then that's affecting the driver's weight as they've got out of the car. So quite right too to, uh, to clamp down on it if, uh, if the rules are the rules and Everybody should know the rules. They should uh, they should stick to them. But I think overall uh, race direction and and rules and stewarding etc. I mean we had somewhere like forty three lap times deleted over the course of the Grand Prix. I mean only Bottas, Russell, uh, and Alonso I think were the uh, the only drivers who didn't lose a lap time over the course of the entire race. They're certainly tough on track limits this weekend, as as they should be, really. The only reason the drivers would ever leave the track is because it's quicker. They'll they'll cut a corner or run wide coming out of a corner if it gains them lap time. So clamp down on it, absolutely. But it seems um it seems in in complete contrast to um to the Stewarding last time out. You know, Silverstone was very much let them race and if a driver ends up going a little bit wide because it's in the heat of battle, that that was allowed to fly at Silverstone and um, and it certainly made for dramatic and exciting racing. There are a few calls to move towards one race director rather than sharing the responsibility between Fitich and Freitas. I think Fitich is is generally regarded as the tougher race director. He was in place this weekend, and uh, we had Sebastian Vettel walk out of a, uh, a driver briefing and a, It was a fine or a suspended fine of of £25,000 or something like that for um, storming out of the driver's briefing in uh, in a dramatic fashion. I think it was just along the lines of I've been talking about this for 15 years and, and you never seem to fix the issue, so what's the point? Out he stormed. But when you have a, a driver of Sebastian Vettel's experience and uh, knowledge and success, storming out of a driver's briefing like that, I think, okay, storming out of it is that right or not? But actually, if you got to the stage where he's so frustrating 'cause because nothing gets done, then the race directors are more interested in talking about jewellery than they are about racing conduct and you know cars being in front, behind, racing room, what's a significant part of the car, etc. Um, I, can, uh, I can maybe understand his frustration. I think, you know, the whole jewellery debate did seem to take up far too much airtime and far too much of the FIA's energy towards the whole matter. It, you know, it should, should have been fairly simple, fairly open and shut. The rules are no jewellery. It will be enforced. That's it. Don't wear jewellery. If you wear jewellery, you're not allowed to race. It doesn't need to be any any more involved than that and, and need any more airtight than that. I don't know whether that's um, the FIA flexing its muscles or just seeming to get get focused on the wrong things. I'm, I'm not too sure, really. I think they should just be focusing more on the racing and, and consistency of, of application. But... I think when um when you have um rotating race directors and rotating stewards that's that's a recipe for inconsistency and the next time out the drivers are naturally going to want to discuss what happened at the previous race and, and why decisions were made and yet you'll have a load of stewards that say well we don't know we didn't make that decision and you'll have a race director who says I don't know I didn't make any decisions either because I wasn't there so I I actually think it's it's about time we had one race director so it's been a nice experiment having two race directors but it's clearly not working at least one or two driver stewards need to be permanent and go to every race weekend yes maybe some rotation because it's a it's a tough schedule but it's the biggest motor racing spectacle in the world, it's you know the 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 resources should be there to um, to ensure consistency and and put a couple of permanent stewards in place and put a permanent race director in place as well. I appreciate Charlie Whiting's uh, a very tough act to follow, but if you could find somebody somewhat approaching his calibre and give him you know left and a right hand assistant, or you know maybe a left and right hand and a left and right foot as well. Uh, however, many people they need around them to direct a race and, and run the, the race weekend. I think there's uh, we're just creeping back towards far too much time and attention being given to race direction and things around the actual action, rather than focusing on the action itself. But uh, overall, it was uh, I thought it was a very good, uh, very good weekend and very good racing all the way up and down. But Red Bull uh, just slightly undone by um, by tyre wear is not a, not something we've seen out of Red Bull too much of late. Is 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 being too tough on their tyres and and grinding them up and and just chewing them up and having to uh, to make extra stops. I'm not quite sure. The reasons why they were so tough on their tyres all weekend, but I'm sure that's something that Red Bull all that, will go away and have a look at and have a fix in place for fairly soon if they uh, if they haven't done already. Although uh, I think next time out we're off to uh, off to Paul Ricard, off to France, so very different track, very different characteristics. So. Whether uh, whether those issues will rear their head again, although given how hot it's supposed to be in the UK over the next couple of weeks, whether that temperature uh, works its way down to France as well, whether heat's going to become a uh, an issue as well, we shall uh, we shall have to see. Much improved pace from Mercedes of late, so I think next time out they could uh, could be in with a, a shout of well certainly a podium, but but maybe one or two places higher than they've managed this season. Not uh, not quite sure. I certainly don't think they're. Quite on the pace of Ferrari or Red Bull yet, but the improvements they have made to their car, and uh, I don't think we've got to see the best of the improvements at uh, the weekend just gone either, due to the uh, the damage sustained during qualifying. So uh, if uh, if those upgrades are unleashed to their full potential on uh, on a nice smooth track, we'll uh, we'll see. Who knows? Maybe an outside shot of uh, of a win for Mercedes. Um, but we'll just have a little run reverse order up the drivers' championship and uh, and see how everyone's sitting. Lewis Hamilton in sixth with 109 points, George Russell just ahead on 128 points, only just ahead of him is Carlos Sainz losing a big chunk of points this weekend, so he's stuck on 133, Sergio Perez again no score this weekend on 151 points, so closing up the gap slightly but still in second, Charles Leclerc on 170 points and Max Verstappen still leading the way on 200. And eight points. So Red Bull still out in the lead of the constructors' championship with 359 points, but Ferrari just closing up a little bit on 303 points. Mercedes still in a solid third with 237 points. Uh, and then there's a bit of a gap to McLaren on 81 points, and also Alpine on 81 points. and that fight as close as ever. Uh, actually, I thought this weekend was going to be the weekend that uh, that Alpine were going to overtake McLaren, but just uh, just one point shy, being able to overtake them. So um, I'm sure Alpine would love to uh, to take that place off McLaren at their home race. So we shall uh, we shall see if they manage to do that. So I think that's about it from me. So if you would like to uh, drop us a comment, if you've got any uh, thoughts on the race, we are at UK Motor Talk pretty much everywhere on uh, on Twitter, on Facebook, and uh, on YouTube as well. So uh, I'll just say thank you very much for listening, and we'll uh, we'll see you next time out. Take care. Bye for now. UK Motor Talk, a First Take Media production.